Welcome to the Rise Station podcast. Our mission is to inspire hope and healing in those who have experienced hardships and help them rise out of a dark place of despair and into their calling and purpose. For those of you listening to my voice for the first time, I am your host, Pernella Harris, licensed clinical social worker, and I bring you wellness tips, mental health education on a weekly basis. And today I'm excited because I have a very special guest, Amy Stinkle. And I just want to bring regular people on to tell their story, how they've come out of a dark space and into their calling. Because I think it's helpful to know that one, you're not alone. We're not alone. Everyone at some point has experienced some type of hardship. And by hearing other people's stories, you might be able to pull something out that might be helpful to you so that you can get on your path to your calling. So without further ado, let me go ahead and talk to Amy. Hi, Amy. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. So Amy and I met at a networking event in New Jersey through an organization that is for women. It's a women empowerment organization full of entrepreneurs, full of trailblazers and showstoppers. And once we got to talking, we just realized we had so much in common. So I definitely wanted her to come on so she could share her story and share some inspiration and hope to our listeners. So Amy, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? I call myself a lifestyle mentor. I'm, you know, I'm new Reiki practitioner, but I like to tell people, you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist and a non-practicing attorney. And every time I tell somebody that I'm a non-practicing attorney, they say, they look at me and they say, that's awesome. Can you tell me how you got out of that? <laughs> wow. So yeah, we definitely want to hear that story, how you got out of practicing law, because you know, you have a varied amount of experience. You just said that you're Reiki practitioner, lifestyle coach, anything else? You do. Wife, mom of two adult kids. You're doing it all. You know, look, but we all do it all. Yeah. We, we all do it all. You know, we think I can't do it all. And, but, you know, but when we take a look back at our life, it's amazing how much we've done. I mean, you know, I'm, you know, open book here. I'm 57. So there's a lot of years to fill in yeah, and of- like where I am is not where I thought I'd start. Mm, okay. So can you think of a moment in your life in your 57 years that was very impactful? That was like a turning point for you to lead you down the path that you're currently on. You know, there's so many turning points in my life. I don't think they're one. Like, I think like, and looking back, like there are a lot of snapshots Mm -hmm. and our brain wants to go to the negative, which I fought really hard to get out of. Like I've read some great books on self-talk, gratitude, but like, you know, if I, in looking back, like there are a bunch of like snapshots. I was bullied as a kid. I wanted to be a doctor when I was 10. And my mom said to me, you're terrible at math and science. You should be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So I did like a 180. I'm like, all right. So then I was like on a trajectory to go to law school. So I went to law school, passed multiple bar exams. 
you know, clerked for a judge. That was amazing. And then I started practicing law for like five minutes. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is mind numbing. I loved the law. I loved school, but I ended up in a practice, which was just very reactive, which was for me, which was litigation. That was like one of those aha moments where I thought, okay, I had this incredible goal. Here I am. And this is not what I want to do with my life. You know, and like you look back, you're like, I didn't have mentors. It was, you know, it was the early nineties and we didn't have the tools that we have now, you know? So my father, and this is also very life-changing. He had a small janitorial supply company and he looked at me and he said, you don't really have any skills. I'm thinking, thanks mom, thanks dad. Yeah, I was going to say, oh man. My my father was amazing. He like, he was awesome. Loved him, you know, and maybe that's probably, that might be how I'm remembering it, but those are pretty distinct words. So I'm sure he said something pretty close. He's like, come work for me and get some experience. And he had a small janitorial supply company. So here I am 26 years old with a law degree going door to door, selling garbage bags and toilet paper. So let's talk about imposter syndrome. Let's talk about that quarter century crisis that so many kids in their twenties are having, but I had it and I didn't know what it was, Mm. but I learned a lot about taking care of people, like how to take care of clients. Yeah. And learning how to take care of clients is just transferable into all of your other business relationships and your personal relationships. So I laugh and I said, I went door to door selling garbage bags and toilet paper. And like the only thing that made me different because, you know, everybody needs garbage bags and toilet paper and you can get them anywhere, you know, Mm -hmm. was the relationships that I built. And ironically, when my dad passed and, you know, before he passed, you know, he had a stroke and one client that I actually opened up for him and he still had turned over to me. So 30 years later, one of my garbage bag and toilet paper clients is still a client to this day. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. But you know what, when I listen to your story, Amy, it takes a lot of courage to just say, I'm going to Forget about everybody's expectation of me. I'm just, I'm going to figure out my way. I'm going to find my way. Because at first, you know, you talk about your mom saying, hey, you know, forget about what you want. You should be a lawyer. So you go down that path of being a lawyer. Then you determine this doesn't suit me at all. Yes, I'm qualified to do it. I have the skills to do it. I don't like it. It takes a lot of courage to go against, you know, people's expectation. Like, you know, I'm sure it it wasn't easy to say, okay, I'm going to sit on this law degree that I paid so much money for, and I'm going to go door to door and sell garbage bags and toilet paper. But what did you learn about yourself when you made that transition? When you, you know, because uh, apparently, you know, you, you talk about it being like a searching phase for you to figure out what it is. What did you learn about you? I'm resilient. Mm, yeah, you are. I'm resilient. <laughs> I'm stubborn. Oh my God. I'm resilient. I'm stubborn. You know, I always say one of my best qualities and one of my biggest weaknesses is my loyalty. 
because loyalty is truly a double-edged sword. How so? Because you can be loyal to something and somebody, and even when it doesn't serve you, walking away from that and finding something new is really difficult. Mm, Yeah. And that's, yeah. So, you know, I think we all think a lot of us have been there and that's happened to me various different like aspects of my life because a part of you, like you have the imposter syndrome that you think, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm really good at it. Am I really good at it? It's not working for me right now. Do I want to make any changes? If I make changes, how will people look at me? Although deep down, I can really care less what anybody thinks of me, but it's, you know, are you walking away before, you know, you hit the payload and it's, you know what I mean? So those are just questions that go through your head. I'm so hard on myself. I'm harder on myself than anybody's ever been on me. So how do you manage that now? Now in, in the things that you do, you know, you talked about entering the Reiki field and how do you manage your expectations of yourself in this present moment? It's still relatively new. So my expectations are I'm just in a learning phase. And ironically, I'm meeting new, I'm meeting Reiki people and energy people that do energy work on a fairly regular basis, which in the past, I hadn't met all that many. And I never thought that I'd be doing Reiki. Like I you know, I don't know how open-minded and spiritual your audience is, but I'm going to tell you how I ended up doing this. I, about about four or five years ago, I was at a women's networking event. And one of my favorite things to do is meet amazing people, especially women. I've always empowered women. I think women need mentors, especially young women. So Mm -hmm. I will do everything I can to uplift and mentor young women. And I love putting people together. So that's, that's, just, that's, that's an aside, you know, mm-hmm. I just, I see people and I figure out that like esoteric things about them. I know people that should know people. It mm-hmm. just, it's, it's, it's a skill set that I just, I think in tangents, which again, it pulls in my law degree. So like you can never have, nobody can take your education away from you. Exactly. It's always with, it's always with you. And I look at the world in a very skewed 360 degree manner. Mm-hmm. So which makes me open-minded enough to look at things that come my way, which brings me back to this networking event. So I went to this networking event and the speaker was was a psychic medium. And I thought, this is really interesting, very cool. And when I was talking to her afterwards, I told her that, you know, throughout my life, like I would, when I was in college, I would leave parties. I would walk out of bars right before the cops came or before a fight broke out. And then I, the, the week that my grandmother died, I dreamt that I was going to her funeral. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, you know, she, she ironically, she looked at my hands and said, you're a healer. Because that's when I was talking to her. She said, have you ever thought about doing Reiki? And I said, no, that's very interesting. And I pretty much ignored it for four years. Wow. And then this past February, I had a dream and like the word Reiki came to me at like five o'clock in the morning. So I got up, I was going to a ladies networking event through big, which we talk about. And I ran to a friend of mine. I told her, I said, I looked at her cause she was a Reiki master. She, she said, we'll teach Reiki. I said, I need to learn it. She said, all right. Wow. So that is again, courageous. Like, you know, it's like when you set your mind to doing something, you go all in. You don't prepare. Like it's just like, okay, I'm ready. 
it, you know, it's time. I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm making this transition because it feels right. So you're definitely, you know, I, I consider that courageous because so many people, you know, they struggle and they go back and forth when it's time to like change course. You know, it's like, wait, I've been going down this direction, even though it's the wrong direction, even though I hate it, because I spent so much time in it, I want to spend more time hating it. And that instead of, you know, changing for my own wellness. So the fact that you can go ahead and say, you know what, this doesn't feel right. I don't like it and move on it is amazing. It's amazing. And, you know, I never really thought about it that way because it's just, it's, it's my life. I don't think anything about my life is particularly extraordinary. It is just me doing what I do and doing what, what I can to help the people around me. Yeah. That's, that is really all it is. Well, it's working. So you moved from sales to being a Reiki practitioner. Well, well, there's a lot of time in between. So, you know, after okay. I left, like, you know, selling garbage bags and toilet paper, I did end up a little bit more corporate. So I worked for a legal publishing company, which was where my law degree came and helped me with legal sales. And then from there, you know, I worked for a multitude of different clients in sales, client services, you know, for the majority of my career and, you know, building on those relationships. I think if I were to actually have to like apply for a job and like send out a resume, like who would hire me? Because, you know, I don't know how to do it. It's just, I just build on, you know, the people that I've met and, you know, so that's what's interesting. But, you know, in 2008, when the economy was tanking, or actually 2010, I'm again, like every time I change jobs, I change places. I met a really nice woman who introduced me to this incredible health and wellness company. And I told her, no, I would never do this. And I said that for years, but like, I fell in love with the, a mission and a product line, which I've been doing for 10 years. And there's nothing better to me than sitting down in front of somebody, finding out what they want out of life. Because I bring so much personal coaching. Notice it's not business coaching because that's where my blinders are. I'm like, I will not business coach anybody with business coaching, but like I do life really well mm-hmm. because I'm happy and I've got a lot of gratitude in my life, which is a whole different story, which we can get to if you want. But I just, there's nothing better for me than sitting in front of somebody and finding out, like drilling down and finding out what they want from life. How can I help them? What can I do to make your life better? But not to the point where I lose myself, Mm -hmm. which is so important for people who are empaths, who are intuitive, who like to give. Yes. Because if you give too much, there's nothing left for you. And then you can't give any longer. So I think that's why it's so important when I talk to my clients, self-care is so important, especially with moms. Mm -hmm. Of children. Yes. It is just vital, 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 vital. If there's anything you walk out of from like this podcast, it's you have to take care of yourself, even if it's only 15 minutes a day. Yes. I am such a believer of self care and, and just being able to sustain what it is that you're doing, which is, you know, what helped you and what is also what you're teaching your clients. So tell us how Reiki works. So Reiki is just 
it's universal energy. It is universal healing energy. And all I am is a conduit. So, okay. you know, that's, you know, and people say, well, how, you know, what does that mean? We, we are, we as human beings are energy beings. I want you to think about when you walk into a room and you shake somebody's hand and if you rub your foot on the carpet, you have a shock. That's just like, that's, that's static electricity. We're surrounded by electricity, think EEGs, think EKGs, you know, you go into, you know, people like don't have, you know, they're not drinking enough, their electrolytes are out. It's all just different forms of energy. Okay. So I just take the universal energy that's surrounding us and I focus it to help people, you know, feel better. Okay. And what are the benefits of like a Reiki session with you? Always relaxation, oftentimes healing, but you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm going to put on that lawyer hat of mine and say, I can't heal any diseases, but Reiki is smart energy and it goes in your body where it needs to go. We, and like, we, we like our body has chakras. So Reiki helps with, you know, balancing your chakras also. Okay. And for those of the listeners that don't know what chakras are, can you explain, give us they're a just, little they're just, education, they're like, like energy centers. You know, we've got our crown chakra, which is on top of our head, our brow chakra, which is in between our eyes, our throat chakra, which is um, right at the base of our throat, our heart chakra, our solar plexus, which is right at your belly, our sacral chakra, which is below our belly button and our root chakra. Is that seven? Crown, brow, throat, heart, solar plexus, sacral, and root. Yes. Okay. And each one of those chakra systems are, they control something different, right? Yes, they do. What do do they control? Can you explain to us? So your crown chakra is like, like understanding and like your highest self. Your brow chakra is think of your third eye. And that's your intuition. Your throat chakra is communication. Your heart chakra is love and relationships. Your solar plexus are actions. Your sacral chakras are emotion and your root chakra is just survival. Okay. So really what chakras are, here's a good definition. They're the doorways that allow the universal life force energy to flow smoothly in and out of the body and throughout the body. Okay. And so for individuals listening and learning for the first time, these centers can be blocked and blockages can occur through, you know, trauma, through just things that we haven't dealt with. And, you know, when you do Reiki, right, your job as an energy healer is to identify where those blockages are and to help a client move past those blockages. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, my, yeah. My goal is to clear it. Clear. Okay. Oftentimes when I'm doing Reiki and actually, and ironically, I, most of my Reiki is over zoom. I think so, that's fantastic. It, 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 you know, because energy doesn't have, you know, energy flows through. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be in the same room or in fact, touching somebody to do Reiki. It's called distance Reiki and it's, and it works. Okay. So just some examples, I was doing Reiki on somebody and as I'm going, like you find, you follow your intuition. And as you're, as I was running through, you know, her body, 
I was pulled to her solar plexus, which is her belly. And when I was done, I said to her, I was pulled there and I spent a lot of time. And she said, you know, that's really funny. I ate cheese and my stomach was killing me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that is, so the energy systems, it's a body, mind and spiritual connection. So it's the physical piece of it is, okay, yeah. we have to take care of our body. We have to eat correct. We have to take in nutrients. But then our emotions are also one level and then, you know, the spiritual level. So I, yes. I find it so, so very, um, it, it's important. very interesting. So on another friend of mine, I was doing a Reiki session on her and as I was going through, she kept mentioning, she felt like there was like heavy, her exact words. I felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. So I focused on her throat chakra and her heart chakra and she started to cry mm. and she was just releasing all of like, like pent up anxiety that she was feeling at the end. I actually made her go outside, take off her shoes and walk in the grass because when you walk in the grass and the dirt, you're grounding yourself. Mm. And she, she slept great that night. And then I did it. I did a follow-up session with her two days later, just to give, just to give her some more balance. That's, that's awesome. You know, I definitely can see just hearing your story. And remember, we talked about how courageous you are and how you just follow your intuition. You've been able to monetize your gift you know, as a healer and utilize that. And that's where you have turned your passion into purpose. You know, all the things that you've um, stated have led you to this, this moment. It's like, okay, we don't always know why some things are uh, falling out of our lives or, or why difficult moments happen. I'm sure at each one of those different moments, it wasn't easy for you, but now you're actually impacting so many people and using the things that come to you so naturally to help. So that's amazing. Saying yes is hard sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. People think saying no is hard. Saying yes is hard. I agree. Yeah. Answering the call is like that. It's bravery. Like you have to just really be very confident to say yes. <laughs> so that's amazing. Um, you have an amazing story, Amy. Thank you. No, it's, it's just, it's just interesting. I think people don't realize how their stories, even when they're, even when they're down in the dirt can truly impact somebody else who hears it, you know, and when somebody is open and vulnerable, there's somebody out there that needs to hear it. I mean, I'm a super private person, like getting me to open up about the really deep stuff is hard, but once it's open, I'll share it, especially if somebody needs to hear what I have, but somebody needs to ask me, I'm not going to go out there and volunteer it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I asked because now everybody listening to this podcast <laughs> can hear now, Amy, if you were to think of one thing that one technique or one strategy that you use throughout your journey to help you get from one point to the next point to the next point, what 
would you say that is? What did you give to the listeners about how to rise out of dark moment in your life? Oh my gosh. About five years ago, I started keeping a gratitude journal. Mm. Um, ironically, a friend of mine, it was her. So, you know, I can't remember how many years ago, um, a friend of mine was diagnosed with liver cancer and she has since passed, but I introduced, I in, thank you. So I introduced her to the book, The Secret, which is about the law of attraction. And it helped her on a little bit of a, of like a metaphysical journey. And she had a healing circle, invited me, and she gave everybody the book, The Magic, which is by Rhonda Byrne. And it's about gratitude. And I put it on my shelf for a couple of years. And then after she passed, I'm not sure how long after, it kept falling off my bookshelf. Mm. Kept falling off. It would fall off, I'd put it back. It would fall off, I'd put it back. It'd fall off. Finally, I thought, okay, I need to read this book. So I read it. And when I tell you, it was absolutely life-changing to me. I mean, I've always believed in gratitude. I've always thought that the people always have it worse because I'm going to go back to like a, the, probably the most painful part of my life. So when my daughter was born a day and a half old, she was having seizures. Mm-hmm. So she was in that NICU three times before she was six weeks old having seizures. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I didn't admit this to myself till she was like six or seven. I remember like, saying it out loud to somebody. I wasn't sure if I could love her hmm. because I wasn't sure if she, I, I'm going to start to cry because I wasn't sure if she was going to live because I just didn't know. She's 22. She's amazing. She's doing great. Just graduated college. Wow. So it was a happy ending. But I kept, you know, like while she's in and out and, you know, thinking like, okay, there are people that have it worse than me. There are people that have it worse than me. This is going to be okay. This is going to be okay. And it was. So I think there is where I've always had a more positive outlook, but in reading this book and forcing myself to look at everything that I'm grateful for, because for 30 days, you need to write 10 things that you're grateful for and you can't repeat the days that I was sitting there looking at my manicure or my pedicure thinking, I'm really happy and grateful for the blue nail polish on my toes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were like those days and other days it's I'm happy and grateful that like, you know, I've got a roof over my head. I'm, you know, I love my family. So gratitude doesn't matter what it is. It's really a state of mind that there's always something in your life for you to be grateful for. No matter what, even on those really awful days. Yeah. Because it's it's really impactful. And I absolutely believe by starting my day writing in this gratitude journal, if the day goes to junk, at least I know that there's something that I'm grateful for. And when you literally live a life of gratitude, it's really your attitude. Because mm-hmm. if you've got a positive attitude, I'm not saying like Pollyanna, there's a difference. If there's a problem, people are, will, more people will be attracted to you and they're more, they're more willing to help. And I don't want to say this that, oh my God, you know, her life is fantastic, that this is my life. So anybody who needs to hear this, you may be going through shit right now, but there's a way to get out of it. It's for a season, hopefully, and ask somebody around you for help. And if you're not an asshole, because 
part of my truly one of my mantras is just don't be an asshole. Mm. <laughs> yes, good but, mantra. Yeah, it, it it really it really is. Somebody will help you, even if it's for five minutes to like open up a door, and you don't know the trajectory that can change your life because somebody looks at you, smiles at you, opens up a door. So mm. it's like those little things are just so important. You know, those little acts of kindness are so important. Yeah. On the receiving end and on the giving end, because that may be a mom or somebody who, you know what, won't blow, you know, because won't blow through a stop sign, won't go home and yell at her kid. So just think about your actions and don't, and, and sometimes we go, we flap the handle. Believe me, mm-hmm. I flap the handle. We all do, you know, mm-hmm. but I apologize for it. I'll be the first one to say, I'm sorry. If you're a jerk, make sure you apologize. They keep because people will forgive you. Don't be so proud mm-hmm. that you're not going to apologize because it takes a really strong person to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Lots of great nuggets here. Gratitude. Don't be an ass and apologize when you need to apologize. Those are great tips to, you know, really just make sure that you have a easier time in this life. Because, you know, life isn't always easy. Sometimes things pile up on us, but, you know, there's some movement forward. I always say everything is temporary. Good seasons and, you know, struggle seasons, they're all temporary. Uh, So you just kind of just keep moving, keep enduring, keep showing up. And I love the gratitude. Yes, keep making sure that you stay humble, stay grateful and stay present. Well, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? Just thanks for listening to the end of this podcast. Yes. And thanks for coming on, Amy. I've enjoyed our time together, just listening to your story, listening to how you approach life. Your point of view is it's very impactful. And thanks for sharing. So to all the listeners out there, listen, this is a testament that you can go from a dark place into a more positive uh, zone. You just have to do it intentionally. You just have to make sure that you are moving forward and that you show up with gratitude and that you pour into yourself. But there is always room for growth. There's always room for you to improve your life circumstances. It's through our intentional acts. So thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your day on purpose. If you have found this episode helpful, help us grow our audience. By providing us with a five-star review, you help make this podcast visible to others. Help pull others out of a dark space by showing that you care, by sharing this podcast with them. Nothing is better than a friend or loved one who wants you to up-level your life with them. Thanks for tuning in.